Very often, standing with Christ puts you in opposition to a sinful world. When you find yourself having to stand against a hateful world, that'll probably result in persecution. Two things will help you in situations like that. First, hopefully other believers will join you and stand with you. But no matter what, you have the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit to enable you. Stephen called this lesson, How to Handle the World's Hatred. Bill Watterson, an American cartoonist and author of a a popular comic strip for, for many years, once said, things are never quite as scary in life when you've got a best friend. Well, for the 11 disciples in the upper room with Jesus, who's just announced they are his friends, well, that's, that statement's going to be put to the test. Our wisdom journey, which is taking us chronologically through the Gospels, brings us now to John chapter 15, where Jesus makes this rather frightening prediction here in verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore, the world hates you. What Jesus is saying here, listen, there's going to be a penalty for being my friend. The world is going to hate you, revile you, ridicule you, desert you, ignore you, exactly as they've done to me. Let me tell you, beloved, we're, we're presenting a false advertisement to our world when we try to sell Jesus, you know, as this cure-all for every trial and every problem. You give Jesus your life, and he just might double your problems. What the Lord says here actually flies in the face of today's prosperity gospel, which you know promises health and wealth and, and good times for every believer. The truth is, Jesus Christ, if he's your friend, you might lose your job instead of keeping it. You might lose your friends instead of gaining new ones. Now, here in verse 20, Jesus explains why. He says, Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. In verse 24, Jesus says, They have seen my works and hated both me and my father. Verse 25, They hated me without a cause. Well, the clear implication here is that they're going to do the same thing to the Lord's followers. They're going to hate them without a cause. You see, the Lord delivers a a rather realistic view. Now, he he adds here in verse 26 the encouraging remark that they're not going to be alone. He says, but when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness. In other words, the Lord's followers aren't going to be alone that isn't going to remove the threat of persecution from a world that hates Jesus. In fact, the word here for witness, you're going to be my witness, is the Greek word martyreo, and that, that gives us our word martyr. Being faithful to Christ might lead to martyrdom. In fact, most of these disciples here are going to die a martyr's death 
boiled in oil, crucified, speared to death. And keep in mind that the Apostle John is writing his, his gospel account here when the church uh, is beginning to face this constant threat of persecution. In fact, hatred of Christianity has been brewing now for some time. See, this was a day when many gods were worshipped along with Caesar, and it was required to, to offer a little pinch of incense annually and call Caesar Lord. But the Christians wouldn't do that. They, they would only call Jesus Lord. And as a result, well, they're considered traitors. They're, they're dangerous to the Roman Empire. They're disloyal. They were misunderstood as insurrectionists because they claimed another king who would one day rule the world. They were even misunderstood as cannibals, beloved, if you can believe it. And that's because the world misunderstood the symbolism of communion. In fact, when a great fire devastated Rome in A.D. 64, the Roman emperor Nero was, well, he was was the one suspected of starting it in order to build some new, new buildings. But to remove suspicion, Nero accused the Christians of starting the fire. And with that, a violent persecution began of believers. Well, here in John 15, Jesus is, is saying to his disciples, he, he's saying the same thing to us. You want to follow me? Well, I'm not going to offer you health or wealth or prosperity. That comes later on. I'm offering you a rugged cross on earth. I'm, I'm offering you a crown of gold in heaven. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and said this, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. Listen, if you conform to the world, you're going to get along with the world. But when you begin to shine as a light for Christ in this dark world, you're going to discover you're not only out of step, you're out of place. And in a very real sense, believers are the conscience of the world. We remind the world of their sin and and their need for a Savior, and and the world doesn't want that. It it doesn't want its conscience pricked or provoked. That's the point of John 15. Well, now here in verse 21, Jesus says, but all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Now, Jesus isn't talking about being guilty of sin in general, because whether he came to earth or not, people would still be sinners. Jesus is referring to the sin of rejecting the gospel that he's delivering to them personally. Have you ever lived with the guilt of sin and a conscience that just wouldn't be quiet Well, that's what the world is living with and and is reminded of every time you show up at work. Whenever you bow your head in the cafeteria before eating your lunch, you remind them of their sin and their rejection of the gospel. And the world's going to respond with resentment, uh, perhaps even hatred, Jesus says. You, You might not be tortured. You might not be boiled to death, but you might be ostracized. You might be ignored. You might be passed over for a promotion at work because you just don't get along with those boys. Well, let me tell you, the simmering hatred for Jesus Christ comes to the surface 
whenever a church or a Christian shines brightly in the world. It, it might cost you a great deal, but just remember, 100 years from now, you will have lost nothing, but you will have gained everything. Well, there are three uh, rather practical lessons that I think we can learn here from Jesus' teaching about hatred and persecution here in John uh, chapter 15. First, we should remember that while hatred is unfounded, uh, unjustified, it, it ought to be expected. Jesus says here in verse 20, if they have persecuted me, well, and they have, they will also persecute you. And let me tell you, the history of the church is a history of persecution. For the past 2,000 years, the church has suffered around the globe. It's suffering today in different nations, different times, different ways. Secondly, we should remember that the world's hatred is evidence that we're actually fulfilling our mission. So don't run away from that job just because they don't like you for your stand. Don't, don't run away from that family member who doesn't like you for your gospel, that neighbor. Just keep shining the light of the gospel. And if and when you're persecuted, you're simply on the enemy's radar. Why? Because you're promoting and advancing the gospel of Christ. Now, here's a third lesson to remember Uh, The world's hatred for us must be countered by our love for each other. See, this entire section we've we've just studied follows the Lord's commandment in verse 12, for his disciples to love one another. The world system will never love us, so let's make sure we love each other. That's going to be a powerful testimony to an unbelieving world who doesn't know what love is really about. I recently read about Jackie Robinson, the first African-American player in Major League Baseball. He joined the Brooklyn Dodgers way back in 1947, but it wasn't an easy beginning for this young man. Prejudiced crowds would jeer him and threaten him. In fact, during one game in Cincinnati, the, the jeers were especially loud and harsh. And as the Dodgers took the field in the first inning and the crowd began to jeer and taunt Robinson, a teammate of Robinson's, uh, went over where Jackie was standing near first base. He threw his arm around Jackie's shoulders and just stood there beside him. Well, the jeering didn't entirely stop, but now it was shared, not by one lonely player, but by two, two good friends. Well, Jesus is telling us here that the world is going to heckle and jeer and and persecute his followers and even kill some of them. But encouragement's going to come when we throw our arms around uh, each other's shoulders, when we share the weight of that suffering as we together stay the course and shine the light. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This practical lesson from God's Word is called How to Handle the World's Hatred. Stephen Davey is your Bible teacher for these daily programs. 
He's teaching through all 66 books of the Bible on this wisdom journey. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International. You can learn more about him and this ministry at wisdomonline.org. That site is filled with resources that will help you grow in your faith. Stephen's passion is to help you know what the Bible says, understand what it means, and apply it to your life. The resources on our website will do all of that. That website contains the collection of all Stephen's biblically faithful sermons, books, videos, and Bible lessons. Be sure and visit wisdomonline.org. You'll be glad you did. Join us next time to continue traveling on this wisdom journey.